Loved, cherished, comforted. Welcome to the podcast ministry of Our Resolute Hope, where you will find grace, not just a concept or a doctrine of grace, but a person, a person whose name is Jesus, a person who brings hope, a determined, resolute hope that can sustain you and empower you to live courageously in this fallen world. Join us now as we learn more about Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, and our life. My friends, we're so happy today that you've joined us on this episode of the Our Resolute Hope podcast. My name is John Russell. I serve as a host. I'm here with my dear friend, Pastor Frank Friedman. How are you today, Frank? The first day after your retirement, I guess. It feels kind of good, doesn't it? Yeah, I kind of don't know what to do with myself. So we'll have a great time talking to you and sharing with our listeners. <laughs> you get used to that, my friend. Well, friends, if you've just joined us for the first time, Frank and I are in the middle of a series in which we're talking about some of the words that we consider as pivotal in Scripture. And we've talked about words like grace and the phrase, but God. We've talked about let and several others. But today, Frank, we've chosen an oddball word. At least it seemed like an oddball to me at first. And it's the word therefore. And so remind us again, Frank, why you chose this word. Real quick, John, because I think a lot of the church focuses on behavior and trying to get us to perform, to achieve, to do right, without understanding that we have the ability to do right. We have a basis, a foundation. Probably the best word might be a source. And that is that we have been restored to God through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And being restored to God, we have this marvelous thing which humanity didn't see for centuries and centuries, and that is that God now lives inside of us. He no longer lives in a building. He lives in union with us to express his life through our life. That is the reason, the basis, the source by which the Holy Spirit now calls us to live. And so we need to not just focus on how to live, but focus on the who to live, how to live. We just rearrange those letters. They kind of can speak really powerfully to us. Yeah. And friends, we invite you to go back and listen to that previous episode. Frank and I talked about uh, two passages in Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, having been justified by faith. And then we stepped over to Romans chapter 6, verse 4, therefore. We were buried with him through baptism into death. And Frank, it was a wonderful time. But today, it my was. friend, I want to dive right back into the book of Romans. And I want to pick up another therefore, which for me personally, has been one of the most impactful therefores. And it's Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And mm. the passage says this, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Frank, I can't even think about that verse without getting shivers. No condemnation. My mm. goodness. My goodness. What an incredible mm. thing. Even though I might feel condemned, the world might condemn me. People might condemn me. The enemy certainly will try to condemn me. 
all of those are lies because there is no condemnation for us. Frank has, mm. we both were raised in the Roman church. <laughs> no mm. condemnation is a wonderful message to hear. Oh my isn't goodness. It? Yeah. Unfortunately, John, the church that we lived in, and it's not just the Roman church, it's Protestantism in general. So much teaching is really motivated. In fact, I, let me just state this very succinctly, John. I read a book in seminary 40 years ago. One of the chapters was titled this, and I'll quote, how to teach on guilt and transform it into giving. <laughs> yes, sir. That is an absolute truth. And we could expand that. I think a lot of Bible teachers think it's their job to teach on guilt so they can manipulate people and get them to perform better. And the New Testament stands diametrically opposed to that. The New Testament teaches you already are better. You're as best as you can be. Why not just be like who you really are? Because when you don't live like you are, that's what hypocrisy is. You're a child of God. You're a perfect 10. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're a saint. You're a brand new creation. That becomes the foundation, the basis, the source to live differently because we are different. We're not trying to become something we aren't. We just express who we really are by faith, John, and that's revolutionary. Yes, it certainly is. Now, uh, I want to keep the same kind of format that we had before, Frank. I want to begin with commenting that Romans 8, 1, of course, it begins with therefore, but that therefore refers back to Romans chapter 7. Mm -hmm. So that's the foundation for Romans 8, 1 is Romans chapter 7. So what is Paul talking about in Romans 7, Frank? To me, John, this is probably one of the key passages in the entire Bible. Again, look at that first phrase in Romans 7, 1, don't you know? We saw that in Romans 6, don't you know? Whenever you see that phrase, Paul is saying, you ought to know this and you don't. So what we're reading is something very basic, 2 plus 2 equals 4. Everybody should know it. And yet, unfortunately, so many don't. In Romans 6, it was, don't you know you've been crucified with Christ? He didn't die on that cross alone. When he died, you died. So you don't have an old nature anymore. And when you died, you died to the power of sin. And you got resurrected and you're brand new. Wonderful. Well, Romans 7 takes it a step further. Don't you know that when you died, you died to the law? And Romans 7, 4 really is the key you were married to the law in Adam, but when you died and were buried and resurrected, you got remarried to the one who rose from the dead. And the point is, John, we don't have a relationship to the law anymore. That which stood as a call upon our lives to live in a way we could never live which therefore had a ministry, that's a weird word, isn't it? The law had a ministry, a served us, 2 Corinthians 3, death and condemnation. You say, why would God give a law that kills and condemns us? Galatians 3, to drive us to Christ. And once we've been driven to Christ, then we got crucified, buried, resurrected. When we died, that marriage to the law ended. And from this point forward, the law has no power to kill and condemn us. 
And we now live not by the law, but by the life of the Lord Jesus. You talk about radical and revolutionary. It's always been achievement for mankind ever since Adam ate from that tree of doing right and not doing wrong. And God says, no more that tree. You're going to eat from the tree of life, the one I always wanted you to eat from, the tree of receiving life from me. Oh, my goodness, John, I know you're going to want to come in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All that's great, Frank. It's just powerful foundational truth. What I love is that Paul takes an entire chapter, Romans 7, says, okay, I'm going to bundle that up into one foundational block and let's unpack what that means for us. So starting in Romans 8, hey, you're delivered. That's true. But now you are not only delivered, but you're not condemned. You're not pardoned. You're forgiven. Here's the next one, the next truth. We're able to walk in the spirit. We were never able to do that back in Romans 7. The next truth that builds on top of that, we are free from the law of sin and death. The next truth on top of that, we fulfill through Christ the righteous requirements of the law. So there's a whole bunch of links in the chain after therefore, that equip us, transform the way we think, equip us to live the way our Father always intended that we live. So this therefore, it's almost as if what's after the therefore is the life-changing application of the foundational truth that's before the therefore. Did I get that sequence right? Yeah, John. And you know, the problem again, we'll come back to it earlier, is a lot of times we try to do the behavior without understanding the foundation, the basis, the source for the behavior. We now live from God. Uh, my fear is that in the church, we're being told so often and so repeatedly to live for God, live for God, live for God. That's the therefore. That's the second half. We only can live for God because we can now live from God. That's the source. That's the, uh, we're in Christ. Christ is in us. You know, John, I think a synopsis verse might be John 6, 57. Jesus said, I live out of the Father. That's the reason. That's the basis. That's the source for me to be able to do all that I do. I heal the sick. I raise the dead. I love my enemies. I forgive my enemies. I love the unlovely. I'm merciful. I'm kind. How do you do that, Jesus? Well, I follow the law. That's not what he said. <laughs> Good <laughs> he luck said, with that, boy. Yeah. He said, I live out of the Father. And then listen to these marvelous words. And now you live out of me. And so living from God, John, is the only way we can live for God, which is the proper behavior. Amen. Now, I do have to ask one question. It's kind of a, a rabbit trail question, but not really. I think it's important. And okay. because we have no condemnation now, mm -hmm. does this mean that we have carte blanche to sin and do anything we want? Is sinning okay now? <laughs> oh, John, sinning is never okay because it, it by definition, is missing the mark. It's, it's not living in accordance with what you know. But here's the key. You said a key word, 
wanting to sin. You know, John, a true believer never wants to sin, not in his true nature as a believer in Christ. We can say that because in Ezekiel 36, when God said he was going to establish the new covenant, which we live in, he said, I'm going to take away that old stony heart of yours, the desperately wicked, deceitful heart, Jeremiah 17, 9, and I'm going to give you a new heart. And I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes. So what is he saying? John, we all have new want tos. And so it's not so much that we want to sin. Our flesh wants to sin. The enemy tempts us to sin. Sometimes we're temporarily insane and think we can get life out of something or someone instead of God. That's that's foolishness. But in, you know, in Galatians 6, he calls that a trap. He says we fall into a trap when we sin. So we don't want to, but we find out that we do. And if so, John, in answer to your question, if a person say, I'm at a grace now, I can go sin all I want. I don't think they've understood grace. They have their own perverted form of grace that becomes, as Galatians tells us, don't use the grace of God to uh, satisfy your flesh. Yeah. See, and that's Indeed. the key. They're satisfying flesh when they do that. Indeed. They're not living according to who they are. Good answer, my friend. Really good answer. I knew you'd hit that one out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> There's one more verse from Romans I want to talk about today, Frank. Okay. And this is kind of a wrap up and it's from Romans 12. And you and I have mentioned this a number of times uh, over the many months in this podcast, actually a couple of years now. It's Romans 12, one and two, and let me read it for us. And then I'll ask you to comment. Paul writes, I beseech you, therefore, there's the magic word, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This too, Frank, is transformational life that's presented here. But before we understand it, we've got to go back to what's before the therefore. What's in Romans 11, Frank? How is that the foundation for Romans 12? Well, you know, John, I would actually... I'll get there, but if I could start even earlier, I see Romans 12, therefore, look what he says, by the mercies of God. So I think that goes back all the way to everything in Romans, chapters 1 through 11. 11 yep. Because you were in Adam, because you were dead and condemned, and because God was justified in his wrath towards you, but in his grace he sent his son, and you can lay hold of all his son has accomplished and lay hold of God by faith. Look at Abraham. He lived by faith. He just simply believed God, and he was made righteous. Well, then should we sin? No, you don't understand. You died to sin. You died with Christ. We're resurrected. You're brand new. You died to the law. There's no condemnation anymore. Now you live by the Spirit. Now learn the lesson of Israel, 9 through 11. They were given the revelation of God, but they turned their back on God. That wasn't temporary insanity. That was major insanity. And in the process, eventually God divorced them. Learn that lesson from them. But by the way, 
they can still come to me by faith, just like everyone can come to faith. And you Gentiles, you've been grafted into that covenant that they had, the covenant of the scriptures and revelation that a redeemer would come. They looked forward to it. You get to look back to it. Israel had an advantage. They had that revelation of God, but they didn't take advantage of the advantage. Yeah. <laughs> and well so said. they were disciplined. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Now, I got to ask you another anthill question, Frank, before we move off of this. Romans 11 says plainly that we, the church believers now, have been grafted in as mm -hmm. new branches. So does that mean that Israel has been replaced? Or do they still have a, a role in the kingdom? Oh, John, boy, you've got two major schools of thought. And of course, one is that Israel's going to be restored as a nation and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, and, and the other is being labeled as replacement theology. And John, people ask me all the time when they listen to me teach, they say, oh, you believe in replacement theology. And I said, no, I don't. I believe in the covenants. There was an old covenant. And it was given through a nation, and that was Israel. And God worked through a nation to bring the Messiah. Once the Messiah came, he established a new covenant. And in the new covenant, Galatians 2, there's neither Jew nor Greek, Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. There's the one new man, the one new race, and that is the race of believers known as the church. And God now works through the church. And so when people say replacement theology, and boy, I'm not trying to be harsh here, John, but they're manifesting their ignorance of the scripture. How can the church replace a nation? You can't do that because the church isn't a nation. It's a body. It's an assembly. It's a family. It's not a nation. And I would also add that not all Israel was Israel. That was Paul's argument in the book of Galatians and also in Romans 9 through 11. An entire nation was not saved for centuries. There was an Israel within Israel, the people of faith. There were people who were national Jews, born Jews physically, but they were never spiritual Jews. They never put their faith in Christ or faith in the Messiah that was going to come. And God has always worked through the people of faith. The nation only existed as a womb to birth the Messiah. And so today, John, any Jew can come to Christ by faith the same way any Gentile can come to faith in Christ and be restored to God. And one more thought, you know, people mistakenly call our great country, which is a great country. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, but they have mistakenly called it a Christian nation. There is no such thing as a Christian nation in the Bible, never has been, never will be. It was founded by believers, but there's no such thing as a, as a Christian nation. God doesn't work in nations anymore. He works in the church. Those who are indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. <clears throat> okay, well said, my friend. I want to wrap us up here with this, uh, this section on Romans 12 by reminding our listeners of what the blocks of truth that are built on uh, here, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's start with the foundation. We've been grafted in, okay? Because mm. of that, therefore, 
The next block of truth to build on that basis is, hey, it's reasonable for us to Mm -hmm. present ourselves as living sacrifices. And then because of that, the next truth is, hey, guess what? We won't be conformed to this world system when we do that. And Mm -hmm. then when we're not conformed to the world system, then we'll be transformed. That's another block of truth we put in place. Mm. We'll have renewed minds, another truth we put in place. And the final result, again, all of these that we've talked about in these two episodes, the blessings after the therefore help us to be equipped to live our lives for the kingdom. And this is the one I love right here, so that we can discern and understand the good and perfect will of God. So Mm. all that happened in Romans 1 through 11 wraps up in Romans 12, 1 and 2, so that we can learn to think like God does. Wow. Mm. Talk about digesting things down to one thought. Wow. Yeah, and John, I'll say your words back at you. That's all one chain. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. Like you said earlier, it's all possessed by us. We don't have to pursue any of this. It's an interesting concept, John. If you try to pursue something you already possess, you'll never discover what you possess because you're looking outside of yourself when it's already inside of you. It's like trying to get into a room you're already in. I mean, you're never going to arrive. It's an amazing thing what God has done for yeah. us. All right, my friend, there's one more passage, and this is the one you brought up that you wanted to talk about. And I'm going to throw this out to you and let you finish us up with this one. This is Ephesians Mm. chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, walk worthy of your calling. All right. To really make that verse hit home, we got to understand our calling, and then we got to understand walking. So there you go, my friend. Take as much time as you need to wrap us up. I'll do that by saying, you know, we come back again to what we started even last week and reiterated this week. Unfortunately, the church functions like behavior modificationists. We tell people, go live differently. Conform yourselves to this code. Follow these principles. Uphold these standards But people are not being taught the basis for those, and even more importantly, the source for those. It's like trying to be something you really don't know how to be or trying to be something that you cannot be because it's not who you are. We are not behavior modificationists. We're resurrectionists. We're redemptionists. The reason we live different is because we are different. And by the fact of being made different, brand new, righteous, holy, now the Holy One can live in us. And so, John, the church tends to focus on behavior. And I have heard the principles from Rome, Ephesians 4 through 6 taught almost at infinitum. Husband, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Uh, employers, be honorable to your employees. Employees, serve your employer. Don't steal. Don't be angry. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go here. Don't go there. And then we try to modify our behavior. No, no, no. Force through six of Ephesians flows out of one through three. And one through three says, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
chosen before the foundation of the world, adopted as sons, accepted in him, forgiven, redeemed, been given wisdom and understanding. You have God himself living inside of you. You were dead in your sins, but by grace through faith, he made you alive. And I pray for you now that you would understand and be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to what you have so that you would know the height, length, breadth, and depth of the love of God in Christ. Be filled with his fullness, and he's able to do this beyond what you could ask or think. Therefore, go live like who you are, (laughs) and then go live from the one who is to you what he says he is to you. Amen. Well said, my friend. Well, dear friends, thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Our Resolute Hope podcast. We trust that Father has reached out and spoken to your heart today. Check us out on our website, www.ourresolutehope.com. There's lots of information there for you. You'll find us also on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. We've got a new YouTube channel that we're constantly populating with new material. And as always, Frank and I remind you of the truth from Hebrews chapter 6, that we have a hope an anchor for our souls. It's our living hope. It's our blessed hope. It's our resolute hope. So today and always, choose hope and choose Jesus. Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, he offers you himself, his own life. He wants to live his life with you, in you, and through you as you trust him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope.